0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 365.
1: Push will get you far, but pull will get you further.
0: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit, with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Chris Stocker. Chris, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I sure am, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. Chris Stocker is an entrepreneur with over 35 years of successful sales, channel development, marketing, PR, and advertising under his belt. He's an avid photographer and loves shooting cars, primarily Porsches. He's a Porsche Club of America member. And a coveted R group member. That's pretty cool. And he's recently launched a new Porsche focused product called Cup a Holder. He saw a problem with older Porsche cars lacking a cup holder, like my old Porsche. So he designed and manufactured a proprietary product to solve that problem. So, Chris, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a moment, share a little bit more about your career, your life, and of course, your passion for automobiles?
1: Sure, Mark. Thank you. My background primarily is in publishing, advertising, and technology, mainly uh, on the sales and marketing side, and I've worked with a lot of uh, large companies like Apple and Sony and Samsung, but I've helped a lot of entrepreneurs and small companies bring their products uh, and services to market uh, on the sales and marketing consulting side, and most recently helping them with their mobile strategies apps and social media and websites. In doing that, I've also been able to, since I haven't been working for large corporations and have a lot of my own time to develop things, I have been pursuing some of my own interests, mainly uh, car-related products. And Mark, you're right, I, I think there are a lot of cars, not just Porsches, Never had cup holders, and uh, people are tired of spilling coffee in their laps. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're looking at other cars uh, beyond Porsches. But the need originally came from my '88 Porsche that um, you know I wanted to you know find a place for my cell phone even so yeah. without having to retrieve it from that center console. So I started drawing up some designs, and another friend of mine is a Uh, Product development, CAD specialist, and he was the one that uh, actually did all the measurements and came up with the product that you saw at Rensport and that's being manufactured and distributed right now.
0: You know, this is so cool. I love this because the entrepreneurial spirit, and you've been an entrepreneur your whole life with your own business, of course, but taking an idea and wrapping it around your passion for cars and then bringing it to market is really near and dear to my heart. I worked in that field for many, many years bringing products to automotive enthusiasts. So that's why it's so much fun to have you on the show and learn a little bit more about the process and how you came up with the idea and all of those. And I think I need to get one of these for my older Porsche. I've got an 87 that has the same problem. The uh, Germans that designed that narrow little pocket in the doors, uh, I don't know what they were thinking, but I don't have giant hands, but I can't even get my hand down in there <laughs> to get anything out of. So uh, you think maybe it was an Italian design, but uh, who knows, who knows. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Chris, take the wheel.
1: Well, I have a few, but the one that really has stuck with me all along and actually was kind of ironic when you go out and have some chinese food you get a fortune cookie and <laughs> sometimes in that fortune cookie you get more than one if you're really lucky yeah and i actually got 3 of the same quote all stuck together so oh my that gosh. R- really hit me over the head <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's an <laughs> omen <almond> for you
1: <laughs> and that quote is push will get you far but pull will get you further mm and I guess you could apply that to cars, pushing and pulling cars. Yeah. But I've always sort of applied it to the way I work in business. And that is if I'm selling something, I, I consider that the push side. But the more creative pull side, creating demand and helping to sell it through is, is the way I've always operated. And so it was the perfect quote for me and has always kind of been over my desk. Push will get you far or and pull will get you further. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's always worked.
0: You know, I love that. I've never been so lucky to get three of those in one cookie. I've gotten two, uh, and they were both the same, so there's something about the way they produce those I think we're starting to understand here with your story in mind, but I've never gotten three, so... Lucky guy you are. I hope you bought a lottery ticket that day.
1: No, I, I didn't.
0: But uh, That was probably it, the end of your fortune that day. <laughs> at least at least that day.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks.
0: Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? I know you're a car guy, and I know you love Porsches. In fact, you and I, uh, when we spoke before we did this show, we, we share something in that Chris's uh, Porsche is the same color as a Porsche that I had years ago when I lived in San Diego, a Platinum Carrera, which is very cool. But is there a pivotal moment in your life
1: when you really knew you were a car guy? Well, there absolutely is. And my dad was really fond of cars, but he was never really big on foreign cars. You know, he would always say those foreign cars, you know. But (laughs) uh, he was kind of a Buick Wildcat kind of guy. Oh, yeah. But my, my neighbor actually brought home in 1966 a brand new 911 green with tan interior. Then they were first starting to come into the country and I really never had seen one before. And at the time I had a little MGB GT and after about 2 weeks of wondering what this car was and listening to it because it was very distinctive, I went over on the weekend and I asked him uh, if we could go for a ride. And sure enough, you know, he was uh, great and took me out for a ride. And he knew I knew about cars. I think I was all of seventeen or eighteen. I must have been eighteen at the time. He took me out for a ride, and then when we came back, he handed me the keys and he said, "Now you take it." Cool. <laughs> nice neighbor. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean, he had only had it for about two or three weeks, and so he was trusting enough to let me uh, take it out. And so I, I took it out for about a half an hour. I didn't want to, you know, leave him wondering for too long. So I took him out, took it out, and had just the greatest time driving around, just the, the sound of it and the feeling of it. And that's what really, really got me hooked. I I, I came back and, and got out and gave him the keys, and I was kind of almost out of breath. It was amazing. <laughs> you know, it was just so thrilling. And I, I handed him back the keys, and he said, did you ever get it out of third gear? <laughs> <I> said, <laughs> no. <laughs> So it was, uh, it was just around town, but it was enough to really get me hooked. And, and that really inspired me to, well, um, actually when I, by the time I was 16, I actually had enough in my coin collection to sell my coin collection and buy any car I wanted. But obviously my parents weren't about to let me do that. So I um, had my coins and then I was... Washing, and detailing cars, and and shoveling driveways and raking leaves because I grew up in Connecticut. So about two years, it took me about two more years to save up enough money to buy my first nine eleven. When I was just like twenty years old, so nice. I I, uh, I bought a nineteen sixty nine nine eleven T that was used, had been traded in at the dealer, and. Uh, that was my first real experience with a 911, and I've been driving them ever since.
0: Very cool. I love that story. Brave neighbor to hand the keys of his new Porsche over to a 17-year-old, but he must have known you and trusted you, and obviously, you brought it back safe and sound. So that's pretty nice. Chris, what I'd love to do now is, what I say crawl under the hood and talk a little bit about a challenge or a failure, and maybe, maybe part of this talk has to do with what it takes to come up with a new product like your cup holder. But could you share with me this huge challenge that you've faced in your life, your career? And the most important part of it is, how did you overcome it? And then what did it teach you? What did you learn from it?
1: You know, failures always hopefully result in learning something and and, and then taking another leap forward. But I think probably one of the biggest and traumatic moments was I, when I was with Apple for 10 years. I moved around a lot and I was transferred to Texas and I was in Dallas, and then Apple asked me to move to Austin to handle another account in that area. And um, so, you know, my family had moved from Connecticut to California to Texas, and now we we're about to move again to Austin. And I was in that uh, account that I was managing. I managed all of, most of Apple's uh, chain accounts, or regional and national uh, account chains. And I was... um in Austin and in this new account. And after about two or three weeks, I realized that it was a mistake to be there. I had not, not arranged that but I was there to take it to the next level. And I, I realized that it was a really a, a big mistake. And um, after a few days of thinking about it, I recommended to management that we not be there. And in essence, it's probably the first time and only time that I've eliminated my own job. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so consequently, uh, about two months later, After I was able to get millions of dollars of inventory out of that account and back to Apple, the account did declare bankruptcy. So here I was in Texas, anxious to move back to California without a job. But it really was a lesson and and it was, you know, you really have to do the right thing or listen to yourself and and really, um, you know, whether it's your own company or another one that you're working for, there are... Uh, times when you just have to do what you have to do, and Apple was actually very good about it. And um, I had some, as they say, special assignments for a little while, but then I took over Computerland, if you remember those guys, mm,
0: mm, yeah, okay.
1: and manage manage those. Other than that, you know, I think you know, starting your own company after leaving the corporate world is always a challenge, and uh, there were some ups and downs, but for the most part, uh, been pretty fortunate.
0: Well, it's uh, really true that little voice that talks to you when you ignore it, it usually comes back to bite you in the rear end. That's for sure. So listening to that inner voice and doing what's right, those two things combined, usually get you in the right path, even if you uh, wipe out your own job. <laughs> it's quite a move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's shift gears here and, and talk about aha moments. I'd love for you to share one of those aha moments that you've had in your career, and your life. It's a time i like to say when the headlights come on and illuminate your way with this new direction that you have and tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into your success.
1: Well, I think that one of I have a number of hobbies. My dad did too. I mean, we he collected coins and we have Indian artifacts and and a number of other things that I've always been interested in, mostly thanks to my dad, but coin collecting was something that really Taught me about money, taught me about buying and selling, about handling, if you will, you know, <laughs> about buy and buying it and selling it and trying to, you know, turn it into something more. And about savings, because really, coin collecting, it was a, almost a forced way of saving, too. And uh, so that really was... Uh, something I used to go to coin shows uh, as a kid and and buy a couple coins and and uh, then uh, go down the aisle and try to sell the coin for fifty bucks more you know <laughs> very cool <laughs> so that kind of was my wake up call about you know the you know buying and selling and and uh, about uh, savings and and about you know starting something on your own and you know as a kid I was always uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know doing yard work for people or l- lawn work uh, shoveling driveways and, and detailing cars as a matter of fact, I always love detailing cars and and that 's actually come <laughs> come around to be quite helpful these days because uh my eighty eight nine eleven just got uh, second place at the recent um works reunion oh uh, cool congratulations and so detailing cars has been something i've been doing since a kid too to earn extra money and uh so i guess all of that together has uh, really been something that you know turned the headlights on and got me motivated to save and to get my my own kind of activities uh that were fun but also made money
0: oh sure you know i hear that from a lot of the guests here on cars yeah that entrepreneurial spirit Started back when they were a kid. And if it's as simple as shoveling driveways or mowing lawns or raking leaves, or in your case, and my case too, detailing cars, I detail cars from 14 all the way through high school and then college. uh, It really teaches you a lot, even a paper route. The Mm -hmm. idea of, you know, having to be responsible, get that paper on people's porch every day. But coin collecting is one of those great ones because it melds a lot of different entrepreneurial concepts together with buying and selling, investing, saving, building up revenue or building up uh, inventory, if you will, and then knowing when to sell it. So very nice. I like it. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular you could share with us?
1: Well, absolutely. I, um, Because I have a publishing and advertising background, um, when I w- was at Apple, um, I was there in the very beginning when they launched the Macintosh in 84. So back in 85, 86, kind of tough years. But then all of a sudden, everything came together with the uh, advent of the LaserWriter and the Mac and and like Aldous Page Maker and Quark Express. And, and I was smack dab in the middle of New York City. And in New York City, you have financial services, the fashion industry, but you have advertising and publishing. And so I knew exactly where to go with all of that. And uh, that led to me being number one in retail sales for about three years. Years. And uh, getting the Golden Apple Award, which is the highest award that is ever given out. In the first year, Steve Jobs was still there, so I got it from Steve Jobs. Um, nice. And uh, so I got that two years in a row, but I was pretty much three years, almost three years in a row, number one in retail sales because of desktop publishing. I was pretty much the pioneer that got all that going and got huge seminars in, in New York where mostly ad agencies and publishing people came to the Marriott marquee to hear all about it. Uh, and, uh, that, I would say, was probably the the highlight of my career, and working for Apple also overall was the highlight of my career, and next to that was starting my own business, um, sound marketing that I'm still maintaining after many years, um, and uh, that uh, those two things together, I think, are just uh, the, the shining stars.
0: Very cool. You know, I was involved, well, for 11 years right out of college in publishing, graphic design, advertising, and... Remember the first computers that we bought in the firm that I was involved with, the SE, mm-hmm. and uh, using that, even though you couldn't do a whole lot with it, it was sure a lot different than cut and paste graphics for uh, print advertising and so forth. But uh, when those first Macintoshes came out after that, the the Macs, the Apples, oh my gosh, I thought we'd died and gone to heaven, <laughs> you know, to be able to to do things and change things and show clients things. Uh, on the fly, very quickly. So, fantastic product.
1: Today, that's why so many creative types still have a Mac, right? I mean, since... I'm sitting since... in front of
0: one right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Always
0: had one, always will. I've drunk the apple juice, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was... You, you talked about your uh, a couple first cars, the MG, the 911. What was your first really special, I'll emphasize special car, and tell us a memory you have of that vehicle.
1: Well, it was the MGB GT, and um, that um, was something that you know I I was determined to to buy until the the Porsche came <laughs> came into my life, and uh, so that that I had a lot of fun and used to drive that back and forth between uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, and stores where I went to school at the University of Connecticut, and uh, put a lot of miles on that car. But that was that was a, a great little car and uh had had that for a number of years and then then as i said i you know the real i think it was a good great car but special porsche has always been special
0: <laughs> yeah they are aren't they how about a car that you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage
1: uh my 74 carrera mm yes a real carrera yeah yeah and, and, and it came up recently for sale but it had been turned into a track car and upgraded to a three liter engine and a whole new interior. So even though I had a chance to buy it back, it was not the same car that I, I sold and wasn't original at all, but I think the 74 Carrera was a you know a really great car. And uh, after having most of the early 911s, also a, I had a 73S for a while, and that would surely be, I'd like to have that one back too.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I had a 72S that I wish was still in my garage. My very first Porsche was a 74 911. That was a pretty nice car as well. Sold it to a college roommate too upgrade at the time to a 84 cab, which was the car that was the same color as yours in platinum, the Visek edition car. So nice. Let's talk a little bit about current projects. I'd like you to talk a little bit more about the process of developing this cup holder. What does it take to bring a product like that to market? How did you come about? I I know the idea concept, but maybe take us through some of the steps of how do you start with an idea get it to market get a prototype made and then go out and sell it and then you know have it work for you
1: well basically i had tried a number of the ones that are on the market that, that we're now competing with and none of them were very satisfactory so i actually had a clear like one of those little uh, red beer cups that you you know play pong beer pong oh
0: yeah the red ones yeah, yep uh-huh. yeah
1: red ones i had a clear one of those stuck in my, in that same pocket. And I used to put a water bottle or whatever in there. And um, so I was having coffee with a friend and I uh, asked him if he would take a look because I think I thought that there was a a place for it in that, in that pocket. And he's a guy that knows how to do CAD. Mm -hmm. So we met again and he came back with all his measuring instruments uh because the the cup holder as it uh, as it's been made now fits just absolutely perfectly in that little slot uh even down to the bottom of it the curve so anyway he did all the measurements and the next day i had a, a drawing that he uh, had come up with in cad that we looked over and um it really came to life right then. I mean, when I saw those CAD drawings, I said, "Yeah, this, this is gonna, <laughs> this is really gonna work." So the next step from there, once we tweaked the drawings a little bit, was to then get one of those uh, prototypes made, which we did. And so I agreed to to make a six hundred dollar cup holder. Uh,
0: <laughs> How is it actually crafted?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a mold that's poured uh, expandable polyurethane. Okay. So it's poured in, expands in the mold, and so that prototype was something that I showed around a lot. Now, keep keep in mind, from my past, I've done a lot of focus groups and a lot of market research sure. uh, for the products that I've helped uh, in the companies I mentioned, as well as a lot of startups, a lot of focus groups. So. I believe in market research and like to to get out there and talk to people about their needs and and mostly listen. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can talk, but wearing big ears is a good idea. (laughs) And so I get out and talk about it and take it to our group meetings and to uh, PCA-type events and concourse that we have on the weekends around here. And I got a lot of good feedback. But the most important feedback that we got overall was that it doesn't fit on both sides. So it, it was a very tough fit. To, you could get it in the pocket on the on the passenger side, but it just was really tight. So Bob, my friend, went back to his CAD drawings and made some modifications and uh, did some measurements, made the modifications. And with that, we also came up with the idea that, you know, it needed to be more, a little bit more flexible. In other words, it's got these four little feet in it that are separated, and they can push in or out depending on how new or old your pocket is so mm-hmm. if your pockets sort of stretched out those feet will expand now each one of those little feet has a hole in it and there you can put in a pencil or a pen or an air gauge or something like that so it's you know not just a cup holder you can put your cell phone in there you can put a pen or pencil in there and it's uh right next to your knee i mean next to your thigh when you're driving so yeah. it's very accessible and uh that one thing alone, just people telling us to make it to fit both sides or as we call it universal now doubled our sales.
0: <laughs> of course. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, so about half the orders we get from Pelican or anywhere else, Sierra Madre carries it as well. Um, they are 50% of the orders are for two.
0: Very nice. Very nice. So that's very interesting that The cars are not, in a sense, ambidextrous because you would think that the right side pocket would be the same size as the left side, just reverse. But you're saying the right side, the passenger side, was actually a little different base-wise.
1: Just the way our base was, basically. Hmm. I think the pocket size or shape is the same. It's just the way our base was a little bit too fat to fit in both sides. And also there's that lip that helps it rest on the pocket. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a little cutout in it that helps it uh, rest on the uh, pocket. And then the backside of the cup holder is is flat at the top. So it's got to sit up against the door and that lip has got to sit just right on the pocket edge.
0: Very cool. Love it. Great. I love that the whole process and methodology uh, gives our listeners out there a little idea. I had a John Lojovician of Gleanfire, the new product he's bringing to market for detailing cars and cleaning cars in your garage. Similar type story of developing a product. His is a lot more complex. And he just sent me a a recent version, the first prototypes to play with a little bit. It's very intriguing for people to understand the process that it takes to go. These things don't just magically appear and all of a sudden you have a prototype. There's a lot of work that goes into it.
1: Yeah, I was just going to add that, you know, I think that, you know, Porsche's one target for us is the main one right now. But we've been asked to look at other cars as well, as you can imagine, early German cars that don't have cup holders. So that's uh, that's what we're looking at next. Uh, so we're not a one product company.
0: Awesome. love it. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Chris. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why?
1: Are you going to be surprised, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I kind of think I know what you're going to say, but you know what? People have surprised me, so. Uh,
1: well, I would definitely be a Porsche mm-hmm. and evolving over 60 years and just a fast, nimble, a little different, but just a fantastic, uh, fantastic car. And I, you know, I can't think of anything else that comes close to what I'd I'd like to emulate. <laughs>
0: Very cool. Well, you know, on the Cars Yeah! show number 300, my son Blake interviewed me And I answered that question the same way. So, yeah, I have a passion for those cars. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, great. So, Chris, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should, too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of MetroVac's quality products Deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at com slash sponsors. that's safe and easy to use quality design state-of-the-art technology from noco your battery care source since 1914 get yours at geniuschargers.com. okay chris we're back and we're entering what i call the last lap and this is where i'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick beliefs of the throttle answers so you're ready
1: ready ready ready
0: what is the best automotive advice you've ever received
1: Buy cars that don't, don't really depreciate. I mean, they, really, <laughs> they they really don't if you buy the right cars. I mean, I've always made out with all the Porsches I've ever had and, and buying them and then reselling them or buy one that somebody else has taken the depreciated, depreciation on. Um, so it
0: sounds like you're a guy who likes
1: to buy secondhand or used cars, right? Uh, I do, I bought a couple of new cars along the way, but I always, um, you know, I get them from auction or I get them, uh, you know, um, eBay or whatever, but, uh, always try to, you know, uh, and, and add value to the car. I mean, in my 87 Porsche, I mean, I've won so many concourse with that car that it really did increase the value. Sure. A lot. I mean, <laughs> so I always try to add some value and, and improve on it. I just put a new dashboard, a leather dashboard, in the '86 because, as you know, they crack. So yeah. I try to try to improve them, and then if I'm gonna not gonna hold on to them, I, I you know try to to make some money with them and have fun in, in the meantime.
0: Sure, great advice. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success?
1: Yeah, I like to say that uh, when it comes to a lot of things, I'm persistent just short of being a pain in the ass.
0: (laughs) Polite (laughs) persistence, that's definitely something (laughs) that works well in sales and in life and in in just about everything.
1: Yeah, I think persistence and, uh, you know, just perseverance and, and, and honesty, you know, all those things. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a resource
0: that you think our listeners would really enjoy?
1: I tend to, to spend some time on Pelican Parts and Beamer Fest. I have a BMW as well. And uh, so those two, I I, I really enjoy um, getting information there and reading the uh, tech billboards and, and, and all that.
0: Would you share a book that you think the Cars Yeah listeners would really enjoy reading?
1: Sure. And before that, I just also wanted to mention that, you know, if, if people, especially people in California, are interested in, any renovation or restoration of their cars, painting. There's a shop here where I live by the name of Renteria Brothers. Uh, Renteria Brothers has a guy there, Sean, who is just absolutely one of the best painters uh, you'll find. My friend that you met, Rick uh, Marshall, he even brought his car from Seattle down here to Morgan Hill to have it painted. So Renteria Brothers and Morgan Hill and a lot of my Porsche friends have uh, had their cars done there. I mean, they do work on Ferraris, BMWs and all, but this guy, Sean Renteria, amazing, amazing.
0: Great. Well, shout out to those guys. Chris, is there a book that you think the CarShout listeners would really enjoy reading?
1: Yeah, um, the book about Steve Jobs by Mm. Walter Isaacson, Steve Jobs. Yeah, great book. Yeah,
0: Yeah, enough said about that. It's a great book sitting on my my son's shelf and uh, yeah, amazing story there. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything we've talked about here at CarsYeah.com slash Chris Stocker. There's also a great spot on the Carsia yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where you can find links to all the books that have been mentioned here on the Cars yeah show by all the great, inspiring guests. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Chris. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage... But don't worry about the cost, because today I'm going to write the check. What would that one vehicle be, and more importantly, why?
1: Well, I, you know, I thought about that, and I, I think that uh, that one car, said that's, that's a tough one, but it, it would have to be the uh, new 918. The new 9.
0: Okay, very cool. Well, what is it about the 918 that just uh, tugs on your heartstrings?
1: well the the styling and the um the hybrid nature of it, and just it uh, must be i it must be just amazing to drive I, I haven't had the pleasure yet, but I've been in a couple and uh, a couple of guys around here have them and bring them to the concourse and they're just they're just amazing, just a beautiful, beautiful car
0: you know one of my past guests, Andy Cohen, who lives down not too far from you, he lives in Malibu who's uh, brought back the Beverly Hills Motoring Accessories name. Maybe you should talk to him about selling some cup holders to him. I know he just got his hands on one of those cars. He buys and sells cars all the time. And, you know, Andy's a guy who's driven a lot of really cool cars over the last 30, 40, 50 years. And he said this 918 is just incredible. Just incredible. Probably one of his favorite cars he's ever driven, so. Well,
1: there was a uh, talk at Rensport about it, and from the talk alone, you know, that's correct. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, gosh, how many of those are out on the track? I, I, I just, I've just i never seen that many in one place. It was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, yeah, they're beautiful cars, so great choice. What color would you like?
1: I would like to have the exact same color as my 88 Commemorative Edition. That's that diamond blue with... Uh, Actually, the commemorative has the um, almost diamond blue interior, but my 87 had navy blue interior, so diamond blue with navy blue interior.
0: All right. Sounds good. That's going to be hard for me to find, I think, (laughs) (laughs) they've
1: made the last of those
0: cars. I know. I think I'm going to have to pull some heavy strings here, so very cool. Well, Chris, you've taken me on a great ride today and I've really enjoyed talking to you and I want to thank you for sharing your journey and this new couple holder product that you brought out with the Carja listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your new Porsche nine eighteen?
1: <laughs> well, I, I would say follow your heart, have fun and follow your passions. And really, if you do, I think you can achieve most most anything.
0: Absolutely.
1: What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about
0: you and this new product that you're selling?
1: Well, two uh, websites I would mention. One is our sound marketing apps. That's sound marketing and then APPS on the end, .com. We do uh, new product consulting and uh, apps and websites. And then cupaholder.com. So C-U-P-A-H-O-L-D-E-R.com, cupaholder.com.
0: There you go. Very cool. And you mentioned a couple... Other places that sell your product. Let's give them a little shout out here. What are some of the other companies that sell your product?
1: Yeah, we have uh, Automotion has has the product. And uh, Vertex and Sierra Madre and Pelican.
0: Awesome. Well, shout out to all those sites. Listeners, you can find links to everything we've talked about here today at carsyad.com. Just put Chris in the search bar and his show notes page will pop up with all the links that you need to find Chris, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise, and I want to thank you for sharing your experiences and your new product with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you
1: down the road. Thank you very much, Shumar.
0: You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up,